All right, welcome, welcome, everybody. Uh, thanks for coming in. This is Config Call In, and we are live. This is your host, Like Lepers. I see we got somebody in the chat room. All right, we got Harmon in here. Thanks for showing up. Just wanted to remind everyone that the uh, show is live. Uh, you're welcome to join in on the Discord chat. Uh, and also, we have a call-in number for anybody who's listening to this ex post facto and would like to call in. Uh, let me get that going, actually, because I forgot. That's our Skype number. And that number is 316-444-3115. All right, we're in. So let's get started. Um, we got some show notes today and a uh, slideshow presentation, which is how I'm rolling now. All right, so we're just going to pick up uh, where we left off last time, which is um, the November 2021 recaps, uh, the remainder. We covered basically the meat of things. Uh, we got into the ES incident, um, went into a lot of granular detail about that. Uh, so this is just what the show is uh, topically about. Obviously, if anyone has anything that they would like to <coughs> talk about or bring up, uh, you are more than welcome. And we will get into that. Also want to shout out uh, Jane Bond. Thanks for being here. All right, formalities out of the way. Let's get back to what we left off with. Every time I see a PowerPoint thing, it just reminds me of how LurkD wrote 2521. It's all made in PowerPoint. All of the graphics were. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. She's like, a, she's like a PowerPoint wizard or something. She's really, she was, she would brag about, yeah, I can make a fucking slideshow, dude. Yeah, that, that has been um, some interesting uh, trivia about that that I didn't know at one point. LurkD's good people. I hope one day they decide that I'm cool to talk to again. We used to, I gave them a Sega Genesis for Christmas one year and they gave me a cool rock that I unfortunately accidentally left in St. Augustine because I was using it uh, as a decoration in a reptile enclosure, but the reptile is probably still enjoying it, so it's it's all for a good cause. Is Lurks D uh, still about? I have absolutely, they were kind of inactive when I uh, left the SCP mainstream writing scene so i have no idea what their current set i hope they're doing well mm. uh, i know that they're a mining engineer so i know that professionally i'm sure that they're doing just dandy wow always nice to hear of uh of uh, interesting jobs in the config space absolutely i I've, I've met all kinds of wacky interesting professions throughout the years and so now you uh i think you have two jobs correct I have three. I work at a Starbucks. I work at a sports arena, and I do the magazine. <laughs> Good answer. Love it. All right, so um, we will continue. So this is just gonna, like I said, pick up where uh, we left off the last um, podcast, and what we're doing is going through the recaps uh, that are presented on 05, and we made our way through the majority of the November recaps. Uh, we basically uh, touched on the meat of it, which was uh, the ES incident. And it turned out that a lot of the topics actually had a lot to do with that incident, uh, although not explicitly. So um, that was the main uh, the main thrust of it. We got through that. So uh, today's going to be a little more casual, but uh, hoping to get through the remainder of the topics here. So um, the next topic, ad cap recap declassifying. This is... Uh, a policy that was the result of something we saw in the October 2021 recaps, which was an incredibly long and detailed discussion regarding what happened with uh, Dr. Akimoto. And here's, here's just a little screen cap of that. A very, very long discussion. Uh, but basically, one of the contentions raised therein was that uh, there was a parallel conversation happening in the ad cap discussion um, that was sort of uh, having one foot in and one foot out um, when it came to the actual staff discussion. And uh, the point of contention was that the ad cap was being used more so as a sort of 
fallback bunker uh, where pe- where uh, individuals were not um, either interested in or uh, directly capable of um, meeting the criticisms from the staff head on and so sort of uh, defaulted back to ADCAP to uh, in order to what was phrased well in my opinion as uh, statement crafting um, and so there was a general vibe uh, where people wanted I think it was Rounder House um, people wanted to basically have the option to see what was being discussed in uh, in ad caps and to take it out into the, um, the staff chat. So that's really what this topic is about just for a little bit of context. Uh, it's also a continuation of something that we already saw in this ad, ca- uh, in this, uh, in this recap. It was actually the very first topic where, uh, G, I think I'm saying that correctly ports a discussion from ad cap. This was sort of a failed, uh, attempt. It didn't work out as well as they had hoped in part because Guy uh, basically took a screen cap and that was a no-no. That was a SCP wiki no-no. Um, and then uh, this topic, we see something interesting. Uh, let me pull this down just a bit. I don't think I can do that. Okay. Uh, we see something interesting, which is uh, that ch- chat staff were supposed to be able to see it. Uh, chat staff were supposed to be able to see the ad cap recap uh, this thing that's that's being talked about um, and at this point uh, they lacked appropriate channel permissions this was amended by uh, dr. bleep um, so we are going to come back to this this is something to note because throughout this um, set of topics we'll see uh, what I would describe as a confusion about the structure and placement of what uh, chat staff is. Uh, is chat staff uh, part of staff? Is it not part of staff? Uh, where does its allegiances lie? Uh, where, is the, um, where does the hierarchical structure sort of blend in? Uh, these things, uh, it becomes very apparent that uh, they don't have clear answers. And so this is just a little preview for that in this topic where we see that uh, chat staff is allowed into see the ad cap recap that's been declassified. That's interesting, uh, James Bond. I don't know a lot about the AEP association personally. For full context, if you're listening at home after the fact, we're it was brought up in our text chat that the AEP Association, which is a moribund predecessor to the RPC Authority, uh, was sharing canon with the SCP Wiki at some point. They're having, having a, a wacky little time over there in the fringe of containment fiction writing, which is always where the best stuff is. So they're officially recognized by SCP? Is that what I got? more like the AEP people look like they were it looked to me like they're inserting themselves into the SCP wiki saying yes this is canon with us and the SCP wiki say well we're, we're, we're no canon anyway so whatever man yeah it kind of reminds me of what happened with the uh, chaos insurgency where it was attempted to be sort of absorbed back into SCP but I, I don't think that happened it happened to the GOC wiki The one that Clef and Alana had running for a few years that got folded back into SCP when it was just no one was really engaging or participating in it. And they wanted to buff up the GOC content on the main wiki. And there was a second uh, wiki of that nature. I remember reading some uh, discussions that the Moose was having with some of the administrators uh, in that one, unless I'm, unless I'm uh, not remembering that correctly. It might be the, the same thing that I was talking about, because that's the only time that I can recall it. We briefly discussed doing it for the Wanderer's Library, but thankfully the Wanderer's Library was deemed to be uh, old enough and independent enough that folding it back in wouldn't really work as well mm. as it would for the GOC, since most of that stuff was still in a pretty recognizably config-style format. Even if we didn't recognize it, that was why the distinction was made at the time. That's why the distinction was made at the time. All right. 
uh, moving on. So the topic next uh, that we'll cover is Dex and Oats. Oh boy, my favorite STP staff member. Oh yeah. Um, you know, just just to just to go off the script, you know, Dex and Oats. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta feel a little bit because it's these are not easy things to do, and especially in a position that he's been in and for so long. I think it's I don't know exactly when he was on staff, but uh, you know he's been there for a very he long was on time. Staff before I joined the site. Wow. So yeah, I mean it's it's easy for us to sit here and criticize, you know it is, um, but I think it's important. And unfortunately, um, unfortunately, Dexanote uh, in later years uh, seems to have mm, not not done a great job, <laughs> just especially at responding to things that potentially um, could be could be smoothed over a little easier. And so that's really the point of doing this, by the way. It's not necessarily just to poke fun at people. Uh, although that may be incidental, um, but you know we need to study these things. Uh, that's the whole point of something like the Config Wiki. It's a, it's also a major point of why the Discord server exists. Yes, exactly. So, you know, and I've noticed, and I think we'll see it. Actually, we saw it last time when we talked about the ES incident, where you had a lot of staff um, in an O5 thread, basically reiterate verbatim a lot of the sentiments that um, that really caused. Uh, the 2018 logo fiasco and some of the more seasoned staff had to come in and explain to them that we've seen this before we've been here before um, however there wasn't uh, there doesn't seem to be a sort of uh, historical lesson when it comes to the initiation of staff maybe there is maybe there isn't um, but uh, it seems as though the history is quickly forgotten and uh, to detriment Yeah, their, their institutional memory has not been always the best. I think there's been a lot of brain drain, especially since 2018 when there's been so much churn and so much, you know, people changing jobs, overturning, resigning, being forced out, that it's, it's really difficult to stick a consistent tone in your posture and your policy when there's different people every other month. Yeah, let me ask you about that, Harmony. So, um, you know, you were on staff for quite a while there. Was there, as part of the initiation, which as I understand it, was um, mainly um, the task of Troy. I think he did a lot of that. Was there any sort of, like, review of major, you know, incidents, major fiascos, and sort of just, you know, history lessons like we're talking about? Troy himself was particularly good at managing and remembering things. He was probably the most effective uh, person in terms of building structure, building structure to respond to the past to keep it. Sorry, I have text speech, so I forgot to hold my key down. Yeah. But yeah, he was, he was really good at keeping the flame there, keeping memories and ideas of things that had come before alive. Not just in terms of staff work, but also in terms of like writing stuff, like the old memes of like consultant alchemist and uh, became shark. Uh, a lot of that was. Troy preserved a lot of that and worked to help incorporate old stuff into new stuff and to have the memory of the old. So if we're talking about Troy specifically, he was great at that. And then when he retired, nobody was as good as him. So it kind of, uh, the wheels, they start to lose their, their grooves, so to speak. Mm. Now, when did he retire? What year? God, I don't even remember. It was, he'd, he'd been burned out for like a year and a half beforehand. So you could look at his retirement date and then look about a year before half year. You're getting diminishing returns on his effectiveness because he was had to do so many things and there was so much to keep track of as the wiki grew that and he, he really was not you know when you're when you're carrying the entire load of the wiki oh his retirement though to answer your question was uh, right when i became an administrator whenever that was because there were seven of us promoted at the same time to replace him and then three of them immediately burned out because it was too much work yeah i think that was 2017 a great time to step away <laughs> yeah i mean is it a coincidence who knows i don't know yeah, did, things started falling apart immediately after right. he left. Exactly. <laughs> uh, come back, please. Yeah, I, and I know that he's sort of peripherally still around, at least in some like you know, um, you know, extra wiki contact uh, spaces. Like I think you have his, really, his number. Really, really not even that. He oh. when he stepped away, he stepped away pretty firmly. I'm I, I still talk with him sometimes, but we don't really talk about. SC, but the last time we talked about SCP stuff was when I was getting kicked off the wiki, and he was like, "Yeah, that's a bummer, dude." Mm. But beyond that, uh, we just mostly talk about where we have a shared interest in old retro computer stuff. So that's usually what we're talking about when I'm talking with him. Is your new computer a uh, blasphemy? 
Oh, no. I haven't even told him about my new computer. Hmm. Uh, but I think, you know, it's... The Mac OS is a pretty... Traces its lineage back to a pretty, pretty old, old time. So I don't think he'd be particularly disappointed, especially since I'm all in on the Apple ecosystem. So it's not like I'm just doing it for style points. So yeah, just looking back, uh, Config Wiki article on administrators, it was 2017, um, obviously under a different name. But, um, you know, this this goes back to the point, this is why we're doing this. This is why we catalog the history of things, and, and it's why it's important, especially in the absence of someone like Troy, who seemed to sort of be the glue that held a lot of this together. So, um, you know, in some ways, I think the wiki has been, um, at least in what small mainstream exposure it has gotten, mainstream, of course, being relative to our space of the Internet, but, uh, you know, it's it's been painted as something that is in explicitly intended to smear people um, and that's not really uh, the most genuine uh, reflection of of the philosophy behind this project no if you were just smearing people that would get boring really fast because you can only have so much of the same when they do they keep doing the same shit I mean you gotta you gotta be adding something constructive to the conversation or else you're just as boring as they are yeah we, we gotta uh, we gotta add things up as we tear them down uh, speaking of which, so back to Dexanote here. Uh, this is about his uh, his um, sensor, which is an ongoing uh, topic that has lasted entirely too long, and that we covered in extensive detail on the first of these podcasts, which is the uh, the Serastes incident, which is from where all this comes from. Uh, and then here we see uh, basically um, that Dexanote is removed uh, from participating in greater policy discussion on censure, uh, as there is a clear conflict of. Interest now. This this was done. Um, if we look at the actual O5 post by I think AIS Mallard. Um, so it sort of typifies um, my point is that this should have probably been something that uh, Dexanote was uh, proactive in uh, recusing himself from, but apparently it uh, it didn't happen that way. And then the next topic, uh, we have another staff member who is stepping back. I uh, just wanted to point out this individual was part of this LGBTFO group. And uh, for those who, who uh, hadn't heard the previous podcasts, uh, BTFO means um, backed the fuck out and is typically used to refer to when people uh, fail pretty hard, um, whether in sports or, or just with a political argument. And so this is the term I lovingly gave to that smaller clan of uh, individuals on the SCP Wiki who um, just can't seem to be satiated when it comes to um, when it comes to the progress of their political views. Uh, that them being a very small, minor sect of a very much larger, more reasonable uh, demographic. Um, so anyway, this this individual was one of those who, unfortunately, uh, had to sort of hear a lot of input from others. Uh, after this ES incident to realize that perhaps that wasn't the best way to go and this individual is going to step back from some responsibilities. Uh, th this next part isn't really important. I just I thought it was funny because I used to have a we, we like our colors in Discord uh, roles and I used to have a shit brown roll color and uh, at some point happy to have that go away. Alright Mace. Exactly. <laughs> um, I don't think uh, this topic isn't very interesting. Um, it's just, uh, you know, this happens all the time. It's part of just the uh, routine maintenance, I suppose, of uh, the bureaucracy rewriting the FAQ. It's not very interesting, but actually if we click on the main site discussion of it and go there, um, we see a comment um, that I just sort of wanted to highlight because it uh, touches back to a very long-term and broad effort to um, prioritize newer articles on the wiki. And this is a very complex topic with a lot of psychology involved. Um, but in previous episodes, we were noting just how much uh, of a structural push there is to, um, you know, to get newer articles read, which of course is understandable given that uh, to continue something you absolutely need uh, to, uh, to have the most um, up-and-coming material fronted. So there's that part of it. But um, there also is a part of it that seems almost to be just a slight hint of resentment towards the past articles. Um, we, we all know that uh, 
that SCP authors aren't as, um, you know, uh, severely reactionary to early articles. That's more of a, a myth when it comes to people criticizing the SCP wiki who might not know exactly what was going on. Uh, and that there's plenty of love for the Series 1 articles uh, in modern day authors. Um, but uh, aside from that, we were noting just... Um, just, just how strong sometimes the push can be uh, to to promote newer things. I really feel like it's just a misplaced urge to demonize Series 1 because the Series 1 is really the most polished of all the series. It's got, you know, the most things have been rewritten, most things have been refined, all that kind of stuff. So when you look at it, it's been edited the most, it's had the most stuff updated. So when you say Series 1, you're really, what are you even talking about? There's articles there that go back to the beginning of the weekend the articles that were posted last week mm -hmm. exactly yeah so not only is it sort of a uh, go ahead not only is it sort of like a, uh, a category that does that's bound to be incorrect when you when you talk about it so generally but um, yeah I mean that's kind of the bread and butter of the SCP wiki it really got uh, got things going and I'll tell you a story. I used to work at a uh, restaurant in town, and it's a very fancy re uh, French restaurant. Uh, we're talking about uh, foie gras. We're talking about pâté, charcuterie, sancerre. Uh, it, it, had, it had everything that you could think. Uh, duck liver mousse, you know, on some toasted baguette. I mean, it was legit. And the uh, chef decided to make a burger, right, on the menu. And this was an excellent burger. It had a French cheese uh, called Comte, which is very good, uh, and really, you know, stands out amongst burgers. But it's still a burger. And uh, over time, the chef became uh, resentful of the success of that burger because it was really sort of a um, a pit, a black hole of attention and orders where people could be, in his opinion, uh, exploring uh, the cultural experience and nuance of French cuisine. Instead, these filthy Americans were just ordering burgers. So uh, the chef uh, very incrementally uh, raised the price of the burger. And I think it got up to about $18 for a burger um, when it started way lower than that. And the whole point was to try to de-incentivize people from getting it. But And here's the point of my story. It never worked. It didn't work. Could not get enough of that burger, huh? That's good. The uh, the trick was that the meat is um, 70%, 30%. So that means 70% lean muscle, 30% fat. Usually it's 80-20. Uh, That's what you get in the stores. Uh, Jane Bond, what is my opinion on Wayward? You know, I don't really have an opinion on Wayward. Uh, I'm pretty ignorant of that, so I'm going to just not... Uh, not share an opinion. Obviously, if anyone else wants to share their thoughts on it, that's... Uh, more qualified I than I am. Great. Yeah, I've heard a lot of great things about him. I am I am hearing a little bit of feedback now from Ruin that I wasn't hearing before. Mm. What about now? Doot, doot, doot. Oh, that's much better. Okay. But yeah, I, uh, I really enjoy Wayward's format. I think that it's definitely the most visually striking and innovative of any of the containment fiction formats out there just because it's something that's pretty complicated that they've made very elegantly simple and usable for pretty much anyone who wants to write for their site i just wish that more people were using it all right so i'm looking it up here um machine my, my screen is shared i don't know if uh, that's visible hope it is i'm trying to find the actual wayward wiki uh, but it looks like the first uh, there's a link in the discord in the, in the know your context channel oh thank you i should be using our own yeah no yeah plug our stuff yeah exactly <laughs> Um, but it looks like a fandom is the first um, result on Google, which is interesting. That the same thing happened with um, Backrooms. The first, you know, Google does its own thing, obviously, with its algorithm. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if that means that it's getting more traffic or just that fandom is more optimized for SEO on Google. Yeah, uh, I think someone told me that it had to be. Uh, it was something about um, it was something about the size of the website. Oh yeah, fandom's gigantic, so that makes sense. Well, I can't uh, do a bad job here. Here we go. So, Harmony, you said that it's the most visually appealing. 
Yeah, I really like how it looks. I like. Here we are. It's got a yeah, little really bit. Like of, yeah, the palette certainly is very earthy, isn't it? Well, I'm talking about specifically the the format for the articles. I love the oh. look of their website, but the format of the articles is really as like specifically like you know like the nut, the nuts and bolts of how you put it together is really awesome looking. It's really elegant in how it's executed and how you put it together. Let's talk about that. So, uh, how do I get to um, uh, get to an article hit here? One of those random. There's a random uh, uh, random aberration. Somewhere so they, on there. they call them they call them aberrations, do they? Yeah, that's the that's Fancy. their little. Look at that. Yeah. Okay, so here we are. Yeah, um, look at that. Look at that. How great is that? Mm. Sleek. So we got the description. Uh, there's no containment procedures, I see. Uh, is there that a... That little box in the upper left is part oh, of the formatting. Wow. Like, you okay. can change that per, per article. It's not a custom image. It's actually something you put together based on... They, they, they put together a little module there. It's really... I think and absolutely they did an absolutely kick knockout out of the park spectacular job like I don't even care about the rest is pretty standard but that there totally it does what I want ACS to which is totally replace containment procedures and communicate everything about that visually so you can get directly into the description which is what everybody wants to read yeah exactly um, and that's a good point because it actually I think that's how ACS operates too it's more of a, a plug-and-play sort of thing module yeah I think ACS would be great if it was do it if it was doing something like actually replacing containment procedures something purely visual that would be such a great way to push the format of scp4 but instead it just appends itself on top of something that already nobody is reading and just makes an article longer with no doesn't it only adds it's you're at your what you're adding is good but you're only adding more on when you could be replacing and making the whole thing you know slimmer and more effective yeah, and I think there was a um, there was a joke article shared uh, at some point in the Discord where I think it's a um, I think it's a Japanese uh, article that basically makes fun of of this uh, ACS system and the, uh, the Japanese, yeah exactly they got it and the critique is basically that um, and it's a great critique I wish I could find it um, but. Basically, it says that, you know, the whole point of the of the uh, containment procedures, the whole point of the, something like this is to simplify the process, which is what you're saying. You're saying that essentially it could stand as a, as a uh, substitute for the actual containment procedures. Um, but when you add, you know, as many complicated components as there are to the ACS, which, you know, I think, you know, the, the different components you can put in there is certainly in the tens. Um, you know, the, the secondary class, yeah, way too many. So it just, the point of the joke article was that it confounds, uh, the simplicity. It actually makes it, uh, harder to understand what is, ha what is going on. Exactly. I wrote, I wrote a joke article about that years and years and years ago, just about people coming up with object classes. It's called, I think it's oh, SCP sure. 16 something J, no object class whatsoever. And I co-wrote it with Silver and it was just two people arguing about, how just adding a random word as the object class is just going to make it confusing to read. Nobody's going to know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. So let's uh, let's go on a little bit of a, a extemporaneous tangent here. Let's talk about why it is that we uh, call it containment fiction. Because in some ways, and as to your point, Harmony, it seems as though uh, the containment procedures are often the most overlooked part. They seem, seem to be sort of the... Uh, the vocal warm-ups um, to get to the actual singing. Uh, so why do we call ourselves, you know, wh why do we call it containment fiction? Why does the, arguably the least uh, pivotal, uh, least important part of the structure of the article get the name? I think it's the most important part of the article. I think that just because it's underused, I think that just speaks to people misusing the form, not using the format as effectively as they could be because... The containment procedure should be where you set up the entire article and give the full context for like what's the situation of it, what's going on. You can look back at 173 and 682 in the early articles. The things that people deride as O series one do containment procedures absolutely the right way. That's where we get you know the HMCL supervisors and stuff, little vocabulary terms that you throw in. It's how we know that what SCP 682 you know it's in its vat of acid. That's incredibly iconic. You know this should be how we're framing everything or. You know, do it like Wayward's doing it, where you're showing how to contain the threat, how to contain the activity, what type of thing you should be expecting to encounter, all, you know, it's giving you the entire frame framework for what 
the fiction you're about to read. It's what it's what gives everything shape. It's the lines outside the drawing. Otherwise, you just have colors and shapes. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good way to put it. It, it seems as almost almost as if the exercise of containment procedures has not been capitalized on as well as it could have and probably should be. Um, you know, arguably they're the first thing that you should read. Although I think we're all guilty of skipping them. And I think that that speaks. I used to, and I am not anymore. Yeah. I stopped. Well, it's hard. Let's I mean, let's be honest. Took the whatever. whatever. Yeah. It's it's hard because I would say that most people don't know how to use them. Um, and you know they they can be as simple as just you know um, you know a one sentence thing, which is just as good as as the other use of them, which is uh, really an element of foreshadowing. It's really um, sort of meant, in my opinion, it's sort of be it's sort of meant to be the argument as to why you should read this one. Uh, because so why this matters in the universe, what makes this worthy of the SCP Foundation, the Wayward Society's attention? Right, exactly. So uh, I think, I can't remember who it was, I, we've done a lot of interviews that we have on the Config Wiki of different um, prominent authors, and I think I think that's a pretty common question to them. So uh, there's a lot of good talk about that, and uh, I would direct anybody to those yeah, interviews. I'm really glad that I did all those interviews about containment procedures right before I left SCP. That was yeah, good timing. I was going to ask when you did those. I wasn't aware of the chronology. Uh, I was Before I was doing this, I was trying to do, after I graduated college, I was doing a little reporting around St. Augustine with a, my branding was uh, The Report. And I was just reporting about St. Augustine, and then uh, eventually when my life fell apart there, I kind of gave that, but I still had the material, and then... We started doing, we, we formed the Society for Containment Fiction, started doing the wiki, and I was like, oh, well, this is a perfect venue for all this stuff that I've got in my back catalog. Yeah, and so I don't think the, um, I can't remember if anyone has written anything on the Wayward Society quite yet for the for the wiki, but um, yeah, that would be certainly an achievement, and especially because I don't think it's particularly active. I know that it's still sort of got a, a heartbeat, you know, uh, I know it doesn't have the traffic that it once did, so it, it's just crucial to find people who are involved or who were involved in this, uh, because we need those resources to get people to speak to uh, to the facts of, of things Speaking like of this. We did just have uh, Durong, who I believe is the current head admin and a longtime member of their site. He joined, and he, I believe he, yeah, he, should, he chose the he pronouns, I think, from the role picker. Mm. Said that he would uh, be willing to do an oral history for us like I've done with the chaos insurgency and the archives to you know give us some information that way I, lo I love doing the oral histories they're a lot of fun yeah those are great not nice way to get you know get your foot in the door with this information here's the uh i, I want to correct myself it wasn't japanese it was actually uh korean uh this oh, is, yeah. god that is such a great looking sidebar oh yeah look at that Ooh, isn't i know right that mm. is fabulous damn <laughs> scp yeah. wiki english eat your heart out yeah I'm telling you, that's a good one. Um, anyway, this is an article. It's uh, 97KO. It basically is, uh, I think, I guess they don't have joke um, articles on here, but I guess it works pretty well. Uh, justifying it is not a joke. But, you know, as you can see, just from the, if you didn't read any of it, you can see that it sort of tries to do the ACS. Uh, it tries again, tries again, uh, again. It gets a lot more complicated here. <laughs> and then eventually just gives up. I like that. It's a really great read. All right. Um, let's get back. Uh, so we, we've got about 20 minutes left to try to keep this within the hour or so. Um, so um, we'll just get through as much of this as we can. No biggie. Um, but yeah, just, just back to where we kind of started on this tangent. There's really nothing wrong with liking sub 1000 SCP articles. Uh, there, there should be nothing wrong with writing them either. And, um, yeah, that's really one of my biggest frustrations with, with the wiki. Um, that's really one of the reasons why I, I quit, and I rage quit, actually, at the time, embarrassingly. But one of the reasons was that it seemed as though um, these, these past ways, these tried-and-true uh, approaches to this, to this uh, genre, to this medium, that really gave it, uh, gave it its identity. It was the horse that was rode in on. Uh, had really been abandoned and um, it's just a strange thing to me because if you look across different uh, artistic spheres that doesn't really have a lot of an analogy um, I mean even even something as as highly avant-garde as let's say music composition or uh, we were talking about um, cooking you know restaurant touring and things like this things deep deep into the cultural 
uh, roots of, of uh, progress and, uh, you know, the fashion of, of new change. Um, even in those, even in those settings, you know, um, going back and cooking a dish that was uh, just a classic, just doing a very, very good job of representing a classic dish, th- those things haven't really been lost. And so uh, there's part of me that just feels it's quite a shame uh, that there's uh, at least, if not, if not an emotional um, hesitancy, if not an emotional resentment towards the uh, Series 1 skips, there does seem to be uh, such a resentment or such a taboo compositionally. And to that point, um, if we look at this foundation introduction hub, um, basically, if, uh, if we follow this uh, rewrite, someone is saying that um, we actually are, let me go back and read this. So this individual is saying newbies should be directed to newer main list entries, and it should be explicitly stated that what was popular in the numbers below 1,000, that is the SCPs that you've probably heard the most about from YouTube and video games, don't work anymore. So they can get a better sense of what is popular now. Um, and I take, I take a little bit of philosophical contention with that. I think that they do work. I think that there's no reason why they shouldn't work. Such an ass-backwards way to look at things. Why reinvent the wheel? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, there's a deeper conversation here about, um, you know, a semblance of, of tradition and a semblance of really what we were talking about, a semblance of history knowing where you came from, knowing where your roots are, uh, you know, keeping that thread alive uh, in a way that it doesn't seem. So we're seeing some parallels between, uh, you know, the staff not being able to recall uh, their history and avoid the missteps that an education regarding those things would afford someone. And we also see that sort of mirrored in the compositional philosophy on the site. This is actually uh, not, you know, a staff thread. This is a thread uh, main site. So this is just an ever user uh, who's saying this. Um, and so it seems to be pretty widely felt. Um, and it's it's a real shame. And there's a lot of things that are lost in that, I think. There's, for example, the idea that uh, you know we should have some fidelity to this being an immersive experience. Uh, I do think that that is pretty central to the, to the genre. I think that's also why you see a lot of splintering and even the, the main... SCP fandom because there's those who follow the wiki and there's tons of SCP fans who never want to interact with the wiki because like those guys don't like the same article as I like so what do I what, what do I have in common with them really at the end of the day besides we both like this thing called SCP this thing called containment fiction yeah and and this is not the first time we've seen this actually in a recap uh, I think last week um, maybe the week before uh, we saw some staff tr- really regarding the fact that uh, new articles still aren't as popular as the old ones as a problem, um, you know, a problem to solve. Um, so, you know, it seems to be, it seems to pop up every once in a while. And I just like to point it out because, you know, there really is nothing wrong with liking those, those articles. Um, you know, they're great articles. If you get down to the, the nitty gritty, like I said, these authors themselves will, will tell you that they love them. So, uh, it's just a just a handicap, I think, a compositional handicap to impose upon yourself when it doesn't need to be there. Uh, I should be able to enjoy a classic dish, you know, without being upset that it isn't new. But this uh, Jordan uh, responds and says, we actually already used that, that referring to uh, a redirect to newer articles so that people can know what to write and hopefully be successful on the Foundation Introduction Hub. And so if we go there, we actually get to another argument that I like to make and uh, point out when it pops up. If you go to the Foundation Introduction Hub, uh, at least these days, you see uh, this, which is on the screen. Uh, It is a a CSS box that is headed as a terminal session ID. And it really adopts what, in my opinion, is sort of a rare thing for the SCP Wiki, particularly these days, which is it really uh, embraces... A sort of immersion it really embraces an immersive experience of what it is that you're getting into which uh, again I think has been largely forsaken when it comes to the the composition of, of uh, modern SCPs but um, I like this you know this is the sort of immersion facing quality of the site that uh, that I've been sort of pining for 
And here it is. It's actually in the guide, uh, or at least a good example of it. Um, it's not dead yet. Yeah, it's not dead yet, and you know it's got it's got some fight left in it, and I think this is a really good uh, way to point to that because this is you know a, a sanctioned page, um, you know it's not really subjected to upvotes and downvotes, uh, so in that sense it's it's somewhat protected, and you know it, it's it's just a great thing. I love I love this. I wish the more of the site were like this um, because again there's there's a certain without getting too deep into in, into things there's a certain magic that I think comes with uh, you know abandoning yourself to a suspension of disbelief that we all as uh, humans really really enjoy and you know when you undermine the idea of immersion which we've seen um, sort of fictionally come into a collision with uh, you know the more militant uh, sex of this uh, LGBTQ community that, that once again feels the need to uh, you know, just incessantly encroach uh, this political um, ideology on, on everything uh, that eventually butts heads with immersion. Uh, and of course, this is, this is its own topic, was present in the June 2018, uh, you know, situation there as well, where there was technically a valid argument. Uh, technically, it wasn't, uh, you know, malintended uh, that argued to just keep the site... Um, with some of its immersive qualities for the sake of immersion. And ever since then, there's been this false divide between, uh, you know, uh, something like uh, a very um, insistent, um, you know, proclamation of ideologies and this idea that we should be staying somewhat fidelitous to immersion. So it's part of why I think that that distinction is fake. I don't think that they should be at odds with one another. Um, but I see how they are. Um, it's just interesting to me to see this, you know, on a on a page that's sanctioned, a staff page, um, and then and then um, basically, whenever this is not convenient, uh, you know, it's argued against, it's laughed at. You know, the idea of being immersive is laughed at. Uh, we we can see that on some people's twitters. Um, I just think that it's a very interesting turnaround. Um, when you look at saying what they used to say that any any given page on the SCP Wiki should be able to act as a landing page where you won't need the context for everything else to understand what you're looking at. That's totally Ooh. that attitude has totally disappeared in the past few hasn't years. Hasn't it? Hasn't it, Harmon? Does anyone know that better than you? It's 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 kind of it's it's been a it's been a very slow boil. This this thing of of we we went from absolutely always putting the writing first of you know. And the, the wiki needs to be immersive. It always needs to be anything, any given landing page that we can help it should be something that'll bring a person in to now we have little collapsibles. So that, like instead of doing the, instead of following that logic and like slowly doing things like moving the rating module to the bottom of all the pages, removing any, keeping information like the discussion page so you have to be a site member to even see it. Now there's like big bold things of here's my author page and here's links to all my other stuff and here's more stuff by this other author. Blah, 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 blah. And the big ACS things and while I, lo I love the trans and pride SCP flags on their own merits I think they look terrific I wish that you know we could have them on author pages and other places where they're you know everyone should be free to be able to express themselves but the wiki as a whole should we're here we're here together because we're writers because we're writing not because we're doing stuff and even for pride month it's perfectly fine changing it for pride month but it's also then you don't you don't communicate and then the problem becomes the flag because you decided to push this roll this out without talking to anybody about it yeah one of the it's arguments people who... go ahead what was that no you go ahead first yeah one of the arguments that i made is that in, in a way um you know and of course I'm, I'm a member of the lgbtq community i'm not very vocal i'm not very uh i don't advertise that a whole lot although i just did um, in a tokenized fashion, but I mean, you know, just, just to put it into context, you know, I, I have nothing, nothing resembling hostility in my heart for this, for this, uh, you know, political group. Um, but there's an argument that I've made, um, that basically says that the, uh, SCP logo itself is the most inclusive, uh, in its neutrality, because, um, the message of it is that it doesn't matter. We have a very wide array of individuals in the site. Um, of a lot of different beliefs um, and uh, the logo itself is actually what everybody identifies with so it doesn't matter what your ideology it is it doesn't matter uh, what you think and what you don't think um, you, you know what they should have done in 2018 keep the logo the same make the background a rainbow there you go 
that actually might have worked a little better. I think so. I think if they'd done that, nobody would have a problem with that. Yep. All right. Uh, so the next uh, chunk is um, going to be about chat staff in staff chat. So this is kind of what I was uh, referencing when we first started. Uh, there's a real gray area, a, a full uh, gray landscape, actually, when it comes to the distinction between the wiki staff and the chat staff. I think historically it's it's been nominally uh, cleaved. You know, they're they're nominally different things. Um, but when you when you ask the question, you know, where does it fit in? Where where is it in the whole structure? You seemingly get more confused the more you try to answer that question. And so um, I am starting to wonder if it's a distinction without a difference. Now, uh, this might seem just like uh, pedantry, who cares? But I've been pointing this out as early as October. Uh, I think this is it. Yeah. So this is a on the screen here, just a screen cap from uh, one of the Conflict um, Magazine articles. And it is the history of staff chat leaks. And... Um, there's another there's a whole part that's dedicated to the chat staff uh and so the reason why it's it's interesting to see how these things fit together uh is uh is something that you need to keep in mind when it comes to the serastes incident which is once again what we talked about first so why is this important well one of the reasons it's important is at least one reason why it's important is this individual right here who is dr magnus who um essentially if we review uh, the facts, ran away from staff um, into self-exile only to come back into the chat staff. And uh, not only into the chat staff, but in the heights of chat staff. So in my opinion, there's a couple different answers as to why this is important, but uh, one of the answers pivots on this controversial figure because if this controversial figure actually is still on staff, uh, can can what happened to be said to be uh, a punishment and um, this has to be relevant because there's so much uh, fervent discussion around whether or not Dexanote and Dr. Mann should be censored uh, sorry censured um, but you know if if we once again review actually what happened this individual here is um, arguably more in, uh, implicated in what happened uh, and so far, in my opinion, has gotten quite uh, the good deal. So once again, we can go into a lot of detail on this on the first episode. Uh, but if we look at the October 2021 recaps, uh, we get into um, a, a very, very big section. Uh, just this highlighted comment here. Uh, Moose outlines how, from their perspective, admins demanded accountability from Magnus. Magnus immediately left administration and Dexanote and Mann offered to fall on their swords for not doing due diligence, which was uh, a censure as the only viable disciplinary action towards staff. These censures were then delayed because they were both required for staff projects. Only Magnus's was a clear case of abuse of power. And in our deep dive, we noticed a few things. First of all, that it actually took quite a long time from when the Serastes incident was explicitly uh, a scandal to when Dr. Magnus actually uh, retired, which I think was in February of 2021, and the Serastes incident took place in, uh, I think, November of 2020. And as Moose says, and I agree with Moose here, that, um, you know, the the affronts that occurred when it came to Dexanote and certainly to Dr. Mann uh, were sort of technicalities. Um, you know, Dexanote surely should have looked into a little bit of the details of uh, an accusation as serious as plagiarism and leveling that to the community at large uh, prior to doing so. But if we see the facts of the case, uh, which again, uh, there's a very long article written on this on the Config Wiki, uh, we see that um, Dr. Magnus arguably was the one who pushed this uh, this accusation. In fact, uh, Dr. Magnus retained the belief that plagiarism had occurred uh, well after uh, the rest of the staff had decided um, almost unanimously that uh, this was not an episode of plagiarism. Uh, but that, that belief was held onto very strongly uh, by Dr. Magnus. 
So according to some, myself included, uh, you know, Magnus is really at the center of the Serastes incident, never recanted the accusation of plagiarism. Uh, again, um, exited, escaped the staff. Uh, this says immediately. I don't know if that's true. Um, and why this is important is because uh, the whole convolution of Dexanote censoring himself is said to be the case because uh, an individual cannot decide their own punishment. And unfortunately, that seems to be exactly what has happened with Dr. Magnus, particularly if he is actually still on the staff. And all that depends upon whether or not the chat staff is um, actually part of staff or not, which is the question that remains to be answered. The divide between chat staff and site staff was always very artificial and very cross-contaminated. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I think it's... Um, it's, it's as we will see uh, probably tomorrow as we're coming up on our time, but it really shows up again and again in this recap. Uh, there are multiple topics where um, staff try to figure out uh, whether or not chat staff is under the purview of staff, what's the relationship uh, between, uh, between uh, who's in charge of chat staff and who's in charge on the wiki, who has the final say, um, and uh, this particularly gets interesting when we've seen the recent switch of, I think this is it right here, of the whole skip IRC to basically an individual who is uh, QFIT here. Uh, because QFIT, as we will see next time, probably tomorrow, decides to basically fiat implement a lot of things that people might have some, some issues with and certainly are, uh, in my opinion, uh, very flawed suggestions. Um, and so that really opens up a very, very large discussion uh, and puts a microscope on, as you say, Harmony, and I, I think this is a good way to put it, that cross-contamination. Um, it, it seems to be more like, uh, you know, not just a cross-contamination, but an infection, because if someone like Dr. Magnus can, uh, you know, uh, virtually and... Back yeah, and it, that's exactly what's happened. Actionably, you know, he has not faced any, any sort of disciplinary... Uh, uh, statement whatsoever um, and in fact I think there are a couple of individuals who I mean there's people who argue all over the spectrum you have someone like cute girl who's also known as flag Sam who will argue that dr. Magnus didn't do anything wrong and that his escape from staff actually had nothing to do with the prospect of soon being censored and then you have individuals like moose um, who's somewhere between who thinks that uh, the fact uh, that he left staff as an administrator and, and now it doesn't matter where he is, it doesn't matter if he's back on staff, it doesn't matter if he's on chat staff, it doesn't matter if he's just in the uh, community, um, that, is, uh, that is a sufficient punishment. But my contention is that this is supposed to be done and this is the whole reason why the uh, Dexanote issue is a problem is because you're not, you're, you shouldn't be defining the terms of your own punishment. You shouldn't be the t defining the, the terms of your own discipline. That's sort of why Dexanote and man haven't declared uh, censure for themselves is because it should be the accountability of those around uh, around these individuals. Yeah, when they're deciding to what what their own punishment is, then it pretty clearly looks like. I mean, what's what's really the punishment? You're still you still have your career is still going on. You just get to call it whatever you want to call it and move on and say it's resolved. Like you're the one who did it. You shouldn't be the one who says, "Okay, we've got closure now." Exactly, and that's that's all the closure that we're offered, uh, and it's it's done so. It's almost like um, you know the entirety of the staff and even the user base, who's you know very in tune with um, you know the sort of um, you know power sensitivities going on with Dexano with Dr. Mann to a lesser extent. Um, but that um, it's almost been like everyone's been administered an amnestic. It's almost like they don't they don't remember that. Uh, Dr. Magnus was actually uh, the worst offender of the Serastes incident. That was the instigator. It was where all the accusations came from. Those accusations were not recanted once it was demonstrated conclusively that the, uh, the uh, uh, accusation of plagiarism was, uh, you know, co completely nonsensical. Um, bunk. Yeah, completely bunk. So uh, we'll, we'll stop it uh, pretty soon here because we're coming up on an hour, but I did want to share just a little preview of what we'll try to look at tomorrow. And this is, I tried to diagram uh, the structure of site staff and chat staff. So, uh, again, Ooh. yeah. So this gets a little hairy. So this is this is a visual thing for people listening, but I'll try to explain it in words enough. So you have site staff, which is a much larger column than chat staff, not only because of the population of it, but because 
apparently chat staff have a lot less power. Um, so somehow uh, the site admins have purview over the chat staff. So that would insinuate that maybe the site it's staff itself actually has dominion over uh, the chat staff. However, in the recent IRC change, uh, the site admins, I guess, elected or declared. Uh, what was that? Oh, I was laughing at the... Oh, yeah. Clown. Sorry, that's QFAT. Yeah, the, the clown emoji is, is QFAT. Uh, but anyway, so basically they put QFAT at the top of the chat staff, and that is just uh, de facto. I mean, you, you can't argue against that because every IRC channel is a subset of the greater Skip IRC, and this individual who's making uh, rules, who's making fiat rules and, and dramatic policy changes uh, that we looked into a few uh, episodes ago, uh, he's making dramatic policy changes over the entirety of the Skip IRC, which by definition is going to include uh, all of the all of the uh, the uh, SCP official channels. So um, the site admins actually gave that power to QFIT. Now, part of that deal was that um, the site admins' uh, authority and purview over the chat staff was negated while that happened. So the transition of power um, removed. Uh, the previous, uh, let's say, administrators of the SCP Wiki and the site staff that nominally had some sort of authority over the chat staff. Part of the deal and giving it to QFIT was that uh, those things were now anachronistic. They didn't apply. And so now we see actually that um, QFIT actually leapfrogs the site admins who do not have any more authority in the chat staff structure. But... We are also told in these recaps that we will get to is that uh, QFIT can be asked to step down and or demoted uh, by a staff vote, uh, whether that's with the rest of the staff or the admins. Um, so, you know, it's really, it's really not clear. This is the best picture. If you're looking at the screen, this is the best picture that I can give you as to what is going on here. What a mess. What a mess. Um, and, and the point of pointing this out is not just to be like, oh, look, it's unorganized. It's that in this uh, cross-contamination, as it, as it was put, um, you know, anytime that there's a lot of, you know, uh, there's not very clear light shown upon uh, where things are and who, thing, and who people should be reporting to and things like this, these ambiguities in the structure allow, they're sort of um, nidises for potential infection, and uh, they're hidden response of corruption where they can proliferate and really take hold and I think that's actually what we've already seen which, which uh, what we've already talked about shows which is that uh, we have an individual who essentially escaped uh, the, the individual who really is the main offender of one of the greater interest staff scandals in the history of the wiki in my opinion uh, who has walked walked Scott free and uh, who has uh, reestablished themselves uh, opportunistically, I would say, in a parallel power structure that, as we, as far as we know, arguably even might have more power than than a lot of the site admins who are at least kept in check. So that'll be a little bit about what we talk about next time. Uh, that's probably the most um, most of what we talk about um, to finish this off. Um, but we do get into some interesting things and I do think that tomorrow we will finish the November recaps. The December recaps have been published. They've been out for a couple of weeks. Uh, I've gone through those. I have notes on those. Uh, we'll likely get to those, um, next week, but I really want to thank the individuals who are here. I really appreciate the conversation. Uh, sorry, I couldn't check on the chat quite as often as I would have liked to. Uh, but, but thank you so much for being here. Harmony. I really appreciate you joining in your, uh, a wealth of knowledge. Oh, it's a delight. I've been meaning to come on for so long, so I hope that I'll be able to come by tomorrow. I probably won't get here right at noon, but uh, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be. I'll try to, I'll try to see if I can hop on. Now that I've got my switch, I've got my microphone pulled out and calibrated and set up. So it's, it's, it's. I'm, I'm looking forward to coming back. All right. Well, we will do it if, uh, if you can't or anyone else can't be there. Uh, once again, these are going to be uploaded as podcasts. Uh, we'll have the links in the Society for Containment Fiction Discord and elsewhere. And if you'd like to be part of the conversation uh, while not being part of the Discord, uh, you can call us. We do have a line. It's a live line from Skype. And again, that number is 316-444-3115. Appreciate it, y'all. Have a good day.